I'm Hope Jones, Director of the Pre-K to 8 Division. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today, I'll be talking about what our skills-based curriculum looks like in third, fourth, and actually a little highlight into fifth grade. I will be chatting with Jamie Massey, um, our third grade teacher, and Dr. Natarella, who's our fourth and fifth grade teacher. We will also be sharing some highlights of the school year as it comes to a close. Thank you all for joining us today. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. I'm really excited to be here with our guests today. Um, you know, starting out talking with Jamie Massey, our third grade teacher. Um, she was very fortunate last year um, to teach in our second grade. Um, and then to come back to our third grade. Um, and one of the things that uh, I wanted to sort of start today with and start our podcast with is talking a little bit about what it means to move from a single section in second grade to two sections of third grade and an opportunity to departmentalize as teachers. We have a model where we transition our second graders to third grade um, with multiple teachers. And in third grade, I teach um, literacy and science to our third graders, and Steve McConnell teaches math and social studies to our, to our third graders. Um, like Ms. Jones said, they move from one section where they have the same teacher all day long for all subjects. Um, and we feel like it's a benefit to come over to a different building and um, begin with a new concept of departmentalizing that gives us the opportunity to um, feel more accomplished with what we're teaching, dive deeper into our subjects, and um, really put a focus on the planning and preparation for those concepts in those subjects. You know, Jamie, um, talking a little bit about that, um, you know, tell us a little bit about, um, you've had an opportunity in the eight years that you've been with us here at Darlington to teach actually a variety of courses. Um, you started out, I think, as the literacy and mathematics teacher in third grade, um, and then you have transitioned obviously to second grade for a bit of time, um, and back to third, and you're actually teaching some science and other things. Having an opportunity to be departmentalized as a third grade teacher, an opportunity to develop those skills, both with your homeroom students and also with um, Mr. McConnell's homeroom students, what are some of the benefits that you see to being able to work with two sections of a particular grade level in a particular content area? Right, yes, I, I feel like I can um, focus more on the needs of the students and individualize um, a bit more. I, um, it's a streamlined planning process where I'm planning for um, two sections of the same subject even though those classes, um, I may individualize those classes according to the needs of the students in those classes, but it's definitely beneficial in um, the planning process and being able to individualize for students and groups of students and to be able to dive deeper into topics and skills within those subjects. And that doesn't mean that Mr. McConnell, Steve and I don't communicate. We definitely do, even on subjects that we aren't teaching, 
because we're so focused on what the individual students as a group and individually need. So it, definitely a beneficial model. I think we're unique in this model and um, I get to teach what I love and what I'm interested in as well. And I, I feel like I do a better job because I can um, hone in on literacy concepts and science concepts and make those more engaging for the students because I can focus more on planning and um, the scope and sequence of what goes on in those subjects. We jump in on that. Um, yes, Mike. Two minds better than one. <laughs> and, yes. Um, interesting side note, my, my wife sent me an article last year because one of our children is in the third grade and, and has uh, Ms. Massey and Mr. McConnell and the article talked about how eight, how parents in the United States view eight years old as the toughest age now. <laughs> you, know, yes. you know, two kind of gets the, the terrible twos, but eight is now taking that pedestal away, I guess, from the two-year-olds. Right. And because of what's going on in their minds and what a great opportunity to have, you know, I can say from a parent perspective and a teacher perspective to have Mr. McConnell and Miss Massey, you know, working together. When she talked about individualization, that's exactly what goes on with, with, the, uh, with each of the kids. You know, they can use each other's expertise, each other's personalities for how to connect differently with the kids. And that's what I have viewed as a parent and then seeing them come to me with one year under their belt as being in two different sections um, truly makes a big difference uh, when they come up to fourth grade. Right, and, and even though we say we have two homerooms, in which we do, I feel like all the third graders are my students. And Steve feels the same, and so you're exactly right. They have basically two main teachers. And this model, departmentalizing, also gives us the opportunity to plan and work with teachers vertically. I can come to you as the fourth grade literacy teacher. We can go to Julie Fine, the fifth grade literacy teacher, and plan vertically as well um, for for literacy, for science. Um, so I think that's that's a benefit of this model as well, the, the vertical planning. And, and not just at the end of the year. All right, what did you teach? Where did they leave off? No, that, right. that's going on constantly. Right. We're, we're asking, okay, you all are teaching this. How are you teaching this? Right. How are the children responding to it? Because then that allows us in fourth grade, fifth grade to then tweak or make sure that right. we're, we're aligning what and how we're teaching it so that it sets the kids up for success um, right. you know, when, when they do transition up to fourth right. grade. Right, like you said, it's, it's more of an organic fluid yeah, thing. Absolutely. Well, I can come to you and say, how are you teaching this skill mm -hmm. or this strategy in literacy? Or what, what's your approach to writing in this genre? Mm -hmm. So I think there are definite benefits to this departmentalized model that we have set up. Well, you know, that, that sort of really makes me think about the skills-based curriculum, because as you're talking about it, we, we really look at skills um, that sort of are aligned horizontally in the, in the content areas that we're teaching and in the integration opportunities that we have. But we're also looking at the skills, um, sort of a skills-based curriculum as we're looking at it vertically, like y'all are looking at it from teaching on a team of third, fourth, and fifth grade teachers and engaging with actually all the students on that hallway. You know, I know, Mike, you're in a unique situation this year um, where you have been given an opportunity actually to you teach all of the fourth grade, um, but you also have an opportunity to teach both fifth grade um, classes in the area of science. Um, and what has that been like uh, being able really sort of 
to teach within your own grade level and be able to teach up um, to the group above you um, in terms of science and really looking at what, because you're the fourth grade science teacher and the fifth, so you really are seeing what that vertical alignment looks like in terms of skills. Yes, um, it, it's been a joy, um, first of all, to, you know, I think it benefited me by having the students last year uh, in fourth grade and then moving them up to fifth grade, but as far as so therefore I knew their strengths, I knew their challenges, but yet we had many more students who came in um, to the class who were just embraced uh, by the group, um, new fifth graders. Um, but the fifth grade curriculum in science specifically really extends the fourth grade curriculum in science. Um, you know, for example, in, in fourth grade, uh, we focus on what one of the units in science is, you know, the, the planets and the solar system. Whereas in fifth grade, then we're looking at space travel. You know, what are the challenges associated with space travel? Students are able to design um, spaceships, uh, be able to um, brainstorm what would I need you know, for space travel? How can we, what are the different concepts uh, necessary for understanding it, but also where are we going as a human race? Looking at Mars and Mars landing, that's where I was able to take it with fifth grade. Um, whereas we're looking at the planets in fourth grade, fifth grade, we're looking at how could we actually colonize, land, live, um, what would be necessary and design um, the, the, the different spacecraft for having a successful mission to another planet. And then how could that information benefit the human race, you know, just as space travel has benefited us in so many ways through technology, um, uh, therefore we're able to look in the future and see, well, why is it important to know about Mars and what can that teach us about ourselves? And then how could the technologies develop necessary help the human race in the future? Absolutely. You know, that, that makes me think of units of study in general and opportunities that we have to integrate um, our content areas together really to see how in a skills-based curriculum how those particular skills are not just isolated skills within one content area but how they're embedded in that particular grade level's experience. Um, so let's take just a few minutes to talk about some of those units of study um, that really highlight that opportunity and sort of one that's um, sort of fresh on my mind in terms of third grade is the Wax Museum. The annual Wax Museum um, is an integrated project um, that really takes a collaboration from a variety of teachers that teach those students. Um, Jamie, can you, can you talk to us a little bit about sort of um, really sort of what is the goal of that particular um, unit um, and project and, and sort of the culmination of that? and and how that gives you an opportunity as um, the teacher to really collaborate with their other teachers. Right, I'm excited to talk about the Wax Museum. It uh, definitely is a highlight of third grade and I think a highlight of the school in, in general. It's a, a huge culminating event, but like you said, it does integrate a variety of teachers and skills and um, it begins as a research project, and, and we've had a variety of topics over the years. Sometimes um, the Wax Museum focuses on locations, either parks or um, places or things, and sometimes it focuses on um, famous or important or historical people in society. But it begins with research, so that's the perfect opportunity to involve our library services and our librarian in um, appropriate research, um, 
researching electronically, researching with books and other print. Um, so we definitely collaborate with the librarian on the topics and researching those topics and completing outlines that will ultimately end up in um, a written essay. So definitely literacy class, um, we write the Wax Museum essay, we revise it, we edit it, and we come out um, in the end with a beautiful handwritten essay on the topic for that particular year. <clears throat> also, the Wax Museum involves an art project. So the art teacher is involved in the topic and chooses um, a, a, an approach, whether it be a painting. This year, it was a clay sculpture and that in each student creates an art piece that represents his or her topic, place, or person. And not only do we integrate our library and our literacy class through writing and art, but um, the students work with our technology instructors and create a technology project or media project, um, whether it be um, a flyer on Canva or a, um, an infomercial that they video is what, um, what they did this year. There's always a technology piece. And we involve our Spanish teacher as well. And, and the students come up with a short introduction or speech in Spanish to actually say at the Wax Museum along with an English speech that summarizes the topic or the person that they've researched and written about. So this is a perfect example. The Wax Museum is um, to a skills-based curriculum and integrating skills and the expertise of, of different teachers um, to, to create a cult, this culminating activity on a topic and um, it, it makes learning fun. The, the kids anticipate the final production of the Wax Museum, and it showcases all these different areas of research and writing and art and, and technology and Spanish and public speaking, and it makes it fun for them. And so it's definitely a highlight of the third grade and of the school. We, we enjoy seeing uh, you know, teachers and faculty staff from across the school, as well as our middle school students and upper school students visiting our Wax Museum each spring. So perfect example in the third grade of a skills-based curriculum. And it's a great way for the students, I think, <clears throat> to see the application of those skills. And Definitely. the skills are not just isolated to a particular content area, but these are skills that have application across across the curriculum. You know, uh, Mike, as I'm thinking about fourth grade, obviously there, there are two things that sort of are standing out. Going way back, you'll have to take your memory back to the beginning of the school year. Um, fourth grade uh, read a book over the, the summer as part of their summer reading, um, and then started the year with Stranded Day. So I always think about that as a great application um, to certain skills in an integrated unit. Um, and then also Invention Conventions. So if you could talk just a little bit about those particular sure. projects. Sure, yes. Well, the students um, have an opportunity over the summer uh, to read the book entitled Stranded. Um, so that's why we call it Stranded Day. Uh, so they create a, um, an art project um, over the summer where they, it can either be painting or drawing or a diorama uh, that just shows, a, as, as well as a written component, that shows that they understand um, 
the novel and what part of the novel really stands out to them, um, which then allows us to start the year with something that the students are proud of already. Um, so they walk in with something they love to share with the rest of the class and why they chose that medium, why they chose that scene, uh, why that stood out to them. And that allows me an opportunity to get to know the students, their reading, um, start to you know informally just kind of assess what, what themes and ideas that then I'm gonna be expanding upon throughout the year. Um, and then we, we, we culminate that with Stranded Day where we it helps us also focus on um, teamwork, you know, th those important non, curricular skills that are extremely important um, right off the bat at the beginning of the year where the children are then given a challenge. We walk up one of the trails with the parent volunteers and uh, we've, um, we're lugging water and tarps and string and scissors and, and they have 15 minutes to construct a shelter just like they had to do in the book and then Hurricane Natarella comes around uh, with gallons of water uh, to dump on them and you know get them from the side and we're just we make sure I make sure that everyone gets drenched uh, but that's one of the memories uh, that they have from the book is the kids really go through just extreme challenges deserted on this island waiting to be saved. Um, and so, yeah, so that's Stranded Day. You know, that is a, such an incredible way to bring a summer reading book just to life. life. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent way to start the year. Tell us a little bit about the Invention Convention. Yeah. So then to kind of like go back to the Wax Museum, those skills relate, you know, talk about the vertical integration. Because I, I um, would constantly refer to what the students did in the Wax Museum when we were focusing on our writing and focusing on our research for the Invention Convention. Um, we, we start that off with uh, learning about what is innovation and what is an invention. Um, and uh, so the students look at several different, you know, inventions and innovations that not just are out there, but how do these impact society? Because we want them to not just look at something, but realize how does this maybe make my life better or how could it make our lives better? Because that starts to lay the groundwork for their own invention or innovation. Um, we, we, so we do a lot of research. Uh, we, we even have guest speakers. Uh, we have inventors you know, who are parents here at Darlington. Um, I have a, a friend of mine who is a patent lawyer in Atlanta um, who has worked with many big companies around the world. And so we get to have a, we had a, a Google meet with him and uh, talking about um, you know, what the process is for getting a patent on something and how to protect that, how to protect your ideas and how to protect your invention. Uh, but then the students start designing their own and there's just a ton of questions that we research and they have to justify and then get down to the nitty gritty details on designing it, drawing it. Uh, we integrate the technology. There's different apps that we can use to make it 3D model renderings um, or they could you know, draw or construct something. Uh, but then they have to sell it. Um, to us, and that's where we bring in the idea of the Shark Tank. You know, just like the show, we, we have a, a, a panel of teachers, experts, the sharks. Uh, we're, we're really kind sharks, though, um, and um, they have to present uh, their innovation or invention to us in order to um, convince us to invest in their in innovation or invention. Uh, but even before that, we were able to integrate 
the uh, language arts um, skills, the writing. I teach, we focus on persuasive writing, um, how to capture our attention right away, how to maintain our attention. Um, they practice speaking um, you know, by using different apps that we use. They can speak into, record their voice, and, and see how it sounds before they have to present it to us. And then they get feedback from us. Um, so it's a, it's a, a fun culminating activity that, that you know, once again utilizes the language arts, the sciences, uh, but it builds the students up so that they take so much pride in creating something. And kind of as a side note on that, it's, you know, I guess my, one of my philosophies ever since I started out as a, as a middle school social studies teacher was I want students to do history or do geography or do science. Um, and so I want them, th this opportunity allows them to be an inventor or be a professional who eventually someday may have to go out and ask someone to invest in their company. This is laying the foundation for that. And I, I, we take a lot of pride in that in, in third, fourth, fifth grade. Yes, and that, that makes me think of another highlight of third grade, our community project, our annual community project in, in the late spring. And you were talking about doing. And this project, though it's, it's uh, primarily a math and social studies project, it lends itself to that creating STEM um, idea and activity that you were speaking about as well, <clears throat> and teamwork. And so our community project is another skills-based project that we do, a, a highlight of third grade that has several components. Like I said, heavy in, in math and social studies, though I don't teach social studies or math, this. Um, includes me no less in the, the planning and process of this project, but um, the concept is sort of all year long in third grade where we're thinking and learning about the different regions of the United States, traveling across the United States on the Oregon Trail, but this brings us back to the community around us. And um, this project, this activity starts with math the students begin to earn money with a checkbook of sorts. Though we don't, many of us keep a, a hard copy of a checkbook, we, we actually teach the kids to keep a checkbook and what it means to earn money and, and sometimes unfortunately lose money for different penalties or, or what have you or, or obligations. And it's a great way to practice those um, adding and subtracting skills. So we give the students in the spring a hard copy of a checkbook and they begin to earn money and they're earning money ultimately to purchase a property in our surrounding community. And um, so as they're earning money and we've identified a theme for that particular community project, we go visit locations in our community. So we're, we're doing, we're actually going, we're meeting, we're talking to our community members at these places and organizations. And um, so we, we see what's around us. We see the history around us. We see the businesses around us. We start making connections, uh, Darlington connections and health service connections and um, you know service organizations. And ultimately the students will be partnered so there's teamwork involved and they will pool their money to buy a property or a location or a place um, 
in the community at an auction. And we have an auction. We do it, like you said, Mike, we do the auction. We, we bring in Lou Dempsey, who's a local um, auctioneer, Darlington alum, and we have the auction. So they participate in that. So um, we are doing math, we're doing teamwork, and we're doing social studies. Um, and then those partners, once they bid on and hopefully win the property of their choice, they create a model. It, it may be the clock tower, it may be Myrtle Hill, it may be... Um, Started uh, working on the baseball stadium last night. Or a local museum. Or, um, they, and so it's, there's this um, STEM architecture um, component to it. Um, but ultimately the teamwork, working together, which those skills are just as important as the math and the social studies and the writing and the science. But um, that's another great example of a skills-based curriculum integrating with a culminating activity that I think we highlight in third and fourth grade. I think we do that well, and I'm proud of what we do. And like Ms. Jones said, we work horizontally with our skills, but vertically as well from third to fourth to fifth grade. So I think that's a definite highlight of the model that we have here in, in third, fourth, and fifth grade at Darlington. Our students are just very fortunate. One, very fortunate to have these kind of opportunities um, to work within a skills-based curriculum in which there is practical application that crosses over numerous content areas. Um, and then I think our teachers really have an opportunity here um, and really a blessing to be able to collaborate with each other. And that is to collaborate vertically, you know, as I'm sitting here with a third and a fourth grade teacher and, and really this year a fifth grade teacher in science, it is just that opportunity for our faculty to work together, to plan together, um, really all for the common goal and how all of that fits into that cycle of learning because that skills-based curriculum is just one piece of that cycle of learning um, that, that really sort of drives everything we do, um, that transitions us into teaching excellence and so on. Um, before we sort of close out our podcast today, um, I wanted to put in a little plug for um, our science fair actually that's, that's happening. Um, so I'll, I'll give that over to Mike to put in a little plug for that. Thanks, yes, this uh, Friday, April 29th is a science fair. One of those other doing, um, you know, hands-on, um, you know, an opportunity for students to become scientists, to understand you know, why things are done the way they are in the world. And uh, so that someday when, when they need to maybe conduct an experiment, they have a foundation that starts in, in, in fifth grade. And, and this is an opportunity for them to design their own study, uh, to go through the scientific process where they are researching first, they're designing, and then they, they're understanding the different types of variables and then they're testing it and sometimes it leads to okay maybe I need to go back and adjust this variable a little bit and test this again but I tell them that's the okay part you know that's where it's okay to make mistakes um, that's what we're here for and that's part of the learning process and then they get to interpret those results um, which I love getting into with them, um, you know, they are creating charts, graphs, integrating with Google Sheets, uh, then 
I help them, well, look back at your research. How does that research impact your results? You came up with something. You've researched it beforehand. What does this data say? What does this data mean? Um, how would you do it differently next time? Maybe what are your limitations uh, that you had when you were conducting this research? And, and how would you do it differently in the future if you had an opportunity to do it again? Um, that's all part of, you know, yes, the skills are in there, but it's the thinking and the thought process so that we can help create you know, students who are um, critical thinkers and look at the world around them in a, in a critical manner. Um, so extremely proud of what the students have created. Uh, they are ready to put their displays together this week and share to all the guests um, who come through on Friday morning to um, understand and learn uh, about their passion in their area of research. Well, thank you for being with us today and for sharing more about the skills-based curriculum in third and fourth grade and a little highlight into our fifth grade. We are so grateful that you were able to share this with our listeners today. We're glad that you tuned in to this episode of the Darlington Podcast. Tune in each week, wherever you are and wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. You can check out today's show notes at darlingtonschool.org backslash podcast. If you have any questions about today's program or ideas for a future episode, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is student-produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.